everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Chuck Smith, and I'm here to bring you a unique show. It will be a combination of the post-game show, which is now actually more of a wrap-up since we're a day later, and the preview show ahead of this weekend's big Bundesliga showdown between Bayern Munich and RB Leipzig. Absolutely should be one of the premier games on the Bundesliga calendar. I know everyone is looking forward to that. Of course, both teams have some players banged up, but we will absolutely dive into all of that. This is going to be a little bit of a crazy period with Bayern Munich, considering all of the injuries that they have. But uh, as we saw in the DFB Pokal match against SC Prussian Munster, it was a... I will say this. It was a crazy effort by Bayern Munich, some unique thinking by Thomas Tuchel. And they really did rally and put forth a, really a super effort, in my opinion. So let's get into that right now and take a look at how things shook out in the Pokal. Bayern, of course, entered the match as a big favorite. There was no doubt that Bayern Munich was going to win that match. But as news started to break ahead of the game, we started to find out things that were concerning. Uh, Matthijs De Ligt was going to be unavailable. Kim Min Jae was going to be unavailable. Dayo Upamakano was going to be unavailable. Not just those three. Now, granted, losing three center backs, the team's only center backs, might I add, uh, that was a big enough hurdle. But then we found out that Thomas Muller was also not going to be able to play. So when you factor in the players that were already out, like Manuel Neuer and Tariq Buckman, who would have probably stepped in as a center back if he was healthy. Byron entered the game with no healthy center backs, uh, a lineup that could have conceivably been a little bit tired and run down from the recent run of play. But Thomas Tuchel pushed all the right buttons. He created, and I have to say created, because I don't know if anyone else could have concocted such a lineup. Uh, Tuchel created this lineup and it worked so well. Now, of course, this was against a, a three-league squad. So let's get that out of the way. We know that Bayern Munich should have come in and stomped at this match. But the fact that they were able to play so seamlessly and so well in that formation with the players occupying those spaces, it was really impressive. And if you want to look at how Tuchel set his boys out there, it was not something you would really have expected. Uh, it was a natural game for Daniel Peretz to get make his debut, and I thought he did exceptionally well. Handled himself. Uh, I mean, he just showed those reflexes and anticipation we had, that we had heard so much about during training, and I think he's lived up to the billing. It's very intriguing to see what Bayern Munich has there. That move could end up being an absolute steal if Peretz actually develops into the kind of player that he looks like he can right now. So I will absolutely be following that because we don't know what's going to happen with Manuel Neuer. We're all assuming at some point he's coming back, but there have just been setback after setback with Neuer. And it does, I guess, make you a little bit concerned that this could be something that could keep him out maybe as much as the rest of the first half of the season. Because if you're Bayern Munich and you're getting decent play out of Sven Ulreich, and you know that you have Peretz back there who is capable of putting in a good performance, you would want to make sure that Neuer gets fully recuperated and healthy because if he is able to get back to the level that he was before, you'd rather have that version of Neuer in the second half than rush him back now and risk re-irritating or re-injuring the things that are bothering him, which of course it's the comeback from a broken leg plus some calf issues that he's been recently dealing with. 
The back line is was a very interesting foursome. At center back, we saw Leon Gretzka and Nusarmas Rally, who listen, they were they were great. Gretzka, especially, I thought was tremendous. He had a, a great assist in the match to Conrad Limer. Uh, for two guys that really got thrown into the role last minute, I thought they did really well. Big credit to those two. The outside back positions, we did see Alfonso Davies and Limer. Davies uh and Limer, you know. Let's be honest, they weren't really tested that much, but they did really, really well. Limer had a great header goal, of course, and uh, it was a really good showing from the back line overall, especially because there was only one midfielder in front of him, and that was Joshua Kimmich, who the Energizer bunny in so many ways uh, on and off the field. Uh, he's expecting his fourth child, so credit to him. I don't know how the man has the energy to keep up with things and to run around the pitch like he is able to credit to that man um he, he uh turned in a very solid effort operating as that sole midfielder so big credit to Kimmich ahead of Kimmich in the formation were two attacking type midfielders Serge Gnabry and Jamal Musiala both got the start of course Gnabry suffered the broken forearm in the first half in a collision with Bayern Munich Loney Johanna Schenk I thought Schenk was listen I a lot of people were unhappy with him, but he was going out to make a play. It was unfortunate. It was against his parent team. It was really unfortunate that it resulted in a broken forearm for Gnabry, but perhaps we need to start calling Shank at the wall and not Sven the wall because he uh, apparently is a brick wall when you run into him because Gnabry's forearm, uh, whether it was on the blow of the collision between the two or, or bracing himself when he hit the ground, either way, Gnabry took the worst end of that that smash up, and he'll be out for a few weeks. Uh, very unfortunate for Gnabry because I think he was uh, in a good place with his game. I think he was looking really good. And as I said, Shank was probably feeling a little bit bad about things, but what else was he supposed to do in that situation? Uh, Musiala, of course, making his return to the lineup where we weren't really sure where he stood injury-wise. He's been battling some things. We do know that he looks very confident now. He looks explosive. So those are two tremendous things that you want to see out of Musiala. Knowing that, I'd love to see him at wing a little bit, but I don't think we're going to see that for quite some time. I think he will be anchored into the 10 role. At wing, Tuchel decided to roll out Matisse Tell and Kingsley Coman. Tell added a late goal in the second half and continued his excellent run of form. Coman is his normal was his normal disruptive self did not get on the score sheet with a goal, but he creates so many issues and he draws so much attention. I think over the course of this season, when he starts to figure out a little bit better how to play with Harry Kane, that will be very beneficial for the Englishman to have a player like Coman who not does not always look for his own shot and is more willing to break down a defense for someone else. And Kane could really be a benefactor there. Eric Maxim Chupomoting started at striker, uh, did a, an admirable job, scored the game's opening goal, and just very solid overall. Uh, we did get to see uh, a few substitutes, and we'll cover those as we give the rundown and the scoring, but uh, it was absolutely a, a very strong lineup for Bayern Munich, and I was happy with what I saw out of them. Uh, when it comes down to the scoring rundown, uh, of course, Chupo got things started in the ninth minute with a goal. Uh, honestly, Tell probably could have been credited with an assist. He did a great job of breaking down the defense on the left side, sent a cross in. 
And it appeared to deflect off of Coman, who really couldn't do anything with the cross, or a SC Prussian Munster defender. It was really tough to tell, but either way, the ball ended up on Chupo's foot, and he calmly deposited that into the back of the match, back of the net. Uh, in the 11th minute, of course, is when we saw the Gnabry injury. Franz Kratzig came in, and I will say this about Kratzig, who contributed a goal. He, he, the kid just amazes you because he looks like he's 14. He comes in and he's just so confident and seamless and just looks like he has a great understanding of the game and what his role is and what he needs to do. Uh, every time the kid plays, I get more and more impressed with him. So I'm very interested to follow his development at Bayern Munich. In the 40th minute, we saw Conrad Leimer's aforementioned header goal off an assist from Leon Goretzka to make it 2-0. Uh, at that point, you really knew Bayern was cruising. They were dominating to that point, but it, it that was really, in my mind, the nail in the coffin. And of course, Franz Kratzig added another goal off of an assist from Joshua Kimmich in the fifth minute of extra time in the first half. So Bayern entered halftime at 3-0, and it was always going to be a route. So from that point, we saw Thomas Tuchel start to make some subs. In the 62nd minute, Rafael Guerrero came in for Alfonso Davies. Much needed rest for Davies, and Guerrero got a chance to shake off some rust. Speaking of shaking off some rust, Bunasar came in in the 63rd minute for Conrad Limer. Uh, that was, <laughs> you know, Saar is one of those figures at Bayern Munich where sometimes you actually forget he is on the squad because he just doesn't play ever. So when Tuchel rolled him out, Hopefully that was in an effort to give Sar some tape, some game tape to put together to sell himself in January. I know a lot of people are are worried that the squad is too thin, but I think Byron's going to make some moves in January and uh, Sar really doesn't have a role here. So if this helps him uh, be able to sell himself, that would be uh, beneficial for everyone. Also in the 63rd minute, we did see Tai Chi Fuku Kui, which I'm sure Fukui, I don't even know because I'm terrible at pronunciation. So don't kill me. Listen, I know Derek Ray would strike me down for that. Uh, it is uh, one of the things I need to improve on, but I'm terrible with pronunciations and it kills me every single time. Anyway, came in for a gimmick. I thought asserted himself really well. Uh, and, you know, listen, that's a big moment for a kid and he handled the limelight there and uh, did fairly well in his role. 83rd minute, we did see Leroy Sané make a token appearance for Chupo. 86th minute, Matisse Tell scored off of an assist from Bunasar. That's how the game would end 4-0. Uh, Thomas Tugel just pushed all the right buttons, as I said. There was not much more you could say about it. Byron was thoroughly dominant. Loved what I saw out of Limer, Goretzka, uh, Matisse Tell. Uh, there was so much good that you could take out of this now. You know, we've already acknowledged several times this this was a game against a three-league opponent, and it it, it it was in every way a match that Bayern Munich should win and should dominate. And they went out and did that with a with a really just skeleton crew lineup with people playing in different spots. I give a lot of credit to Mizrawi and Goretzka for being able to shift over and move there. And I know the, the pragmatic way to look at this is they're professionals, and that is what they should be able to do. But it's not always easy uh, in any competitive match. And as we saw a few years ago, Bayern Munich scuffled in the, the Pokal against Holstein Kiel. Uh, we did not see anything like that in this one. Bayern was in control from the beginning. So big credit to them. Big credit to per Daniel Peretz for making his debut and, and showing off his skill. So 
I think coming off of last weekend and then, you know, the seven nil victory over Vaffel Bochum, then we saw the four nil victory over SC Prussian Munster and the Pokal. You have to be feeling good about where Bayern Munich stands and where they stand in the table right now is in first place. Uh, of course, that is because of goal differential. So Bayern through five match days, as we shift over to the preview portion of this show, they are sitting atop the table with four wins and one draw. That's good for 13 points. They have 18 goals for four goals against. And last week they did beat VFL Bochum 7-0. Uh, Arbe Leipzig, this weekend's Bundesliga opponent, sits in fourth place. Uh, also having a very good season, obviously, with four wins and one loss for 12 points. So not much really uh, separating the two teams. As far as goals go, Leipzig has 14 goals for, four against. So very similar to Bayern Munich. Uh, Leipzig uh, is a team very much in transition with a, an unsettled lineup, I would say, because they have a few key injuries and just an overwhelming amount of talent that Marco Rosa has been able to move in and out pretty seamlessly. Uh, it is uh, very interesting, this RB Leipzig team. And I, I do think because of the varying points of the career, points of their respective careers that some of these players are, at some point Rosa is going to have some difficulty maneuvering players in and out of the lineup. Uh, and it will probably cause a little bit of locker room turmoil, but for now he's pushing all the right buttons. Uh you know, Leipzig did lose their opening match of the season against Bayer Leverkusen, but since then has won four games in a row. Uh, they have ripped off wins against Stuttgart, Union Berlin, FC Augsburg, and last week against Borussia Mönchengladbach. So this should, really should be uh, a marquee matchup in every way. We know with Bayern Munich that the players that are banged up, Delict, Upamakano, Kim Minjay, Muller, uh, Neuer, of course, those being the key injuries. Gnabry will definitely be missing with his broken forearm. So it will be interesting to see what Tuchel does. I would expect that part of the reason that Upa Makano and Kim Min Jae did not play against SC Prussian Munster in the Pokal was because Tuchel wanted them healthy for this weekend. And it was a, a gamble, but a very worthwhile gamble because Tuchel knew he could make it work based on the overall talent of the players that he had. So I would expect that Upa Makano and Kim and Jay are back this weekend. Delict seems like he's going to need at least another week. I know Tuchel had referenced him potentially coming back uh, the following weekend. I believe that's against SC Freiburg. Uh, it would be good to get Delict back. I think Delict is still their best center back. And I think that he'll prove that over the course of the season. It's just going to be a matter of how much time Tuchel gives him to prove that. Does not seem as though Tuchel is a huge fan of Delict. We know that Tuchel has had some personnel issues so far in terms of players that he seems to not favor, and, and you know their playing time. Players like Delict, Muller, and Goretzka has been affected at various points. So we'll be following those situations, but. When it comes to RB Leipzig and what they have going on, there they do have some significant injuries here. Uh, Vili Orban has a torn knee ligament. And he's expected out until November. El Chadil Bitsibiahu, yeah, Bihiabu. I, I, dude, I, what did I just say? I'm terrible at these pronunciations, but what I do know is that he was a big target for Bayern Munich at one point. He is out with a medial collateral 
uh, ligament injury. He is expected out until November as well. You guys should really capture that one and crush me for that pronunciation. Uh, Amadou Hydara has a torn muscle bundle. We don't know when he's coming back. Danny Almo, uh, knee injury. His return is unknown at this point. Timo Werner is having some back trouble. His return is also unknown. And I'm also very, I am always very skeptical when I hear back injuries because as I've stated a few times, when your back is hurting, it is one of the most helpless feelings in the world. And hopefully it's nothing serious for Timo Werner, even though he's an opponent this week. Nobody wants to see anybody dealing with any type of persistent pain there. But Leipzig does have some very, very interesting players. Uh, they have... <laughs> This is a good team uh, in so many ways. Uh, you know, you could look at some of the Germany internationals on the squad, David Rahm, Benjamin Henricks, Lucas Klosterman. Uh, those are just some of the defenders. I mean, you look to you move to the central midfield, Xavier Schlager, Kevin Kampel, uh, Christoph Baumgartner, Fabio Carvalho, uh, Emil Forsberg. I mean, those are good players. Uh, when you look at the attack, you look at Zavi Simons, the loney from PSG, who is getting rave reviews, uh, Lois Openda. Uh, it is it is a good team. Benjamin Seshko, Yusuf Polson. I mean, th- this is a good Leipzig squad. I like the way they're made up. I like the composition of the team. I don't know how Marco Rosa is going to be able to manage this for the long term of the season, but it's working now. I really like Benjamin Seshko because he, he, to me, is a player, while he's not at the level of Erling Haaland, he's got a lot of the same physical traits. He's not nearly as physically strong as Haaland, but he's a big striker. He's fast. Uh, he can score in many different ways. I don't even know if he will start in this game, but the 20-year-old is a dangerous, dangerous player. Bayern Munich had their eyes on him when he was at Red Bull Salzburg. I think he could really develop into a, into a really dynamic player in the Bundesliga. Manchester United is all already salivating over him. They tried to get him before he moved to Leipzig, and apparently they're going to try again this summer. That's how well thought of he is there. But he is just one of many, many good players on this team. I think they're going to give Bayern Munich a lot of trouble. Leipzig is just that talented. I just don't know if Rosa has this roster ready to go at this moment to play against Bayern Munich in the Bundesliga. Now we know that they already trounced Bayern in the AFL Super Cup, but this is a different ball game. This is a more focused Bayern team. This is a Bayern team that's already had Harry Kane ingrained for a little bit, which will make a huge difference. So uh, we will take a look at how we think Bayern Munich will end up and give a prediction on it. But I think that Super Cup match is not quite going to hold much weight in this one. I do think Bayern will have a, a significant advantage. And as far as Tuchel's lineup goes, that is a good guess for anybody. We'll start with Sven Ulreich. I think he's absolutely earned the right to start the match. As good as Daniel Peretz was in the Day of Bay Pokal match, Ulreich has been very solid. He's a good veteran, a good locker room guy, and this is the type of situation he's been waiting for, and I'm sure he'll step his game up for it. At center back, going to make the gamble that Upamakano and Kim Min-Jay are going to be ready and that it was all precautionary and why they were held out against SC Prussian Munster in the Pokal. I think that 
when we look at things, I mean, Tuchel's a smart guy. Christoph Runde is a very smart guy. They're not going to risk players in a match. They know they can win without them. So I think we'll see those two uh, and we'll see how they do in partnership together. I'm, I'm going to predict it'll go pretty well for them. At outside back, I think we will see Alfonso Davies on the left. I think we're going to see Conrad Limer on the right again. Mesrawi, uh, there's been nothing really wrong with his play. I just think Tuchel favors Limer at this point, and Limer has been good in most games. He did have one off game a couple of weeks back, but uh, other than that, I guess against Manchester United, I did not think he was good. But uh, otherwise, Limer has been very, very solid. Uh, in the midfield, I think we will see Yashua Kimmich and Leon Goretzka operating as a double pivot. That's a no-brainer for me at this point. Sitting on top of them at the 10 will be Jamal Musiala. At wing, I believe we'll see Leroy Sané and Kingsley Coman. And at striker, we will see Harry Kane. So I think all of those are pretty standard picks if everyone is healthy. Uh, and that's always a big if. Matisse Tell, as much as he has earned <laughs> a more playing time, he's not yet ready to usurp a starting role from either Sané, who has been excellent, or Coman, who... I, you know, I think a lot of people get frustrated with him, but for for doing what he does, there aren't many people better at it. Uh, he will, I think, at some point become very impactful for Kane, as I stated earlier. When it comes down to predicting this match, it is difficult because this is a very good Leipzig side. It's a very good Bayern side who might not be operating at its full capacity given some of the injuries, but... I think Byron's going to be motivated. I think that they recognize the AFL Super Cup was a disaster for them. And I think Harry Kane is going to want to come out and continue to prove a point. I don't think that Kane likes that he's been outscored in the Bundesliga so far. And I think that as any striker should, he's going to want to come out and start to pile on goals. So I think we're going to see a little bit of a reverse here. I think we're going to see Byron turn it around. They're going to win this match 3-1 over RB Leipzig. I think it will be a good match. I think Leipzig will go toe-to-toe with Bayern for a little bit. But the overall talent level of Bayern Munich is just off the charts. And when you have a player like Kane, who is really, in my mind, one of the top five in the world at this point, uh, you have a built-in advantage. And I think Kane will really show himself well in this one. Whether that means he's dropping back into a deeper role like we have seen previously or he's sitting atop the formation waiting for service. Either way, I think Kane is going to impact this game and get a couple of goals. So that's where I stand on things. I hope you guys enjoyed this combination show. We've really been trying not to overload you with everything. We know everybody likes to have a, a schedule, so we have been trying to keep the main shows on their normal schedule. But given the Bayern Munich English weeks and how things have break it been breaking out we've just been trying to move the preview show around a little bit and in this instance it just made a lot of sense to combine the preview and the post game so hopefully you enjoyed it hopefully you enjoyed my takes on things if you get a chance go back and check out the flagship show that was released on late sunday night eastern time i need no name and marcus did a great job on that one and I'll be dropping a weekend warm-up at some point on Thursday, so you can check that out as well. But enjoy your weekend, enjoy the match, and enjoy all the other Bundesliga matches that you're going to watch. There are quite a few good ones on tap for the weekend. You can get me at the Barrel Block on Twitter. You can get the site at Bavarian FB Works. You can get our tweet Meister Tom Adams at TommyAdams71. You can get I Need No Name at BFWINNN. You can get all of our great podcasters and writers over at BavarianFootballWorks.com. 
Have a great couple of days. Check out my weekend warm up when it drops on Thursday, and we will see you next time.